What did we say we're going to name this thing? Uh, the Mansfields After Dark. Is that it? I'm nervous because I know I'm being recorded. <laughs> Welcome. Okay. Let's do that Wait, again. we need a tagline. Maybe we should write it down and then we can read it so that it's a little more fancy. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think it should be fancy? I don't know that I've ever listened to a fancy podcast. <laughs> Welcome to The Mansfields After Dark, where we have conversations about creativity. After we put our kids to bed. From our school bus turned studio in our backyard. I'm Sasquatch Mansfield. And I'm Molly Mansfield. Alright. That's good to me. I think that was pretty good. Okay. Kind of nervous. Are you? <laughs> Why? Because we haven't done it in Since a while? It's so long. Yeah. Start the episode. Three, two, go. Hi. Okay. <laughs> so we are here talking to each other speaking into microphones we are going to talk about a wrinkle in time which was um, by marilyn madeline lingle (laughs) so it has been many moons since we recorded a podcast together Mm -hmm. and um we kind of left off in the middle of something yeah (laughs) we recorded a piece of art that has changed your life mine and we never did the piece of art that has changed my life right i always knew that we would come back (laughs) but you know we had some other endeavors that we were doing and um sometimes you don't have as much time as you want to in the life but here we are we make time for it though we made it yeah we made it back got through it you're welcome. So, yep. A Wrinkle in Time yes. by Madeline Lingle. Uh-huh. It is a um, a book, yeah. a novel. It's, it's a book. It is a whimsical, Fiction. wacky, mysterious tale of um, these kids that go on this wild adventure and enter into the battle of between good and evil mm-hmm. um and they learn a lot on their journey and um it's a story of hope it's like star wars yeah kind of like star wars story of hope yeah yeah what is the force um what is it what's that line what's well uh, it was in one of those like terrible remakes, uh, or not remakes, but the um, one of those newer ones, you know, one of those newer Star Wars. Uh huh. Rogue One, and they introduced this line like very early on. Two two things: never underestimate a droid, and oh, then yeah. the other line, which I knew, I was like, oh, that's gonna come up later, and it did. And then um, the other one was. Uh, the resistance is built on hope. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we, we get it. You're just like that. dropping little hints that wow, you're going to use you this. pulling that out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, when you said I it, I, nothing re- else I remember to pull it. it out but... Of. <laughs> but yes, it's, it's, uh, it's on hope. It's, it's really, really well done. I'm, I'm also a fan of it. Um, not Star Wars. I am a fan of Star Wars too, but I'm, I'm also a fan of Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you there. Yeah. So it's a children's book, but I read it for the first time in 2019. I read it for the first time in, are you sure 2019? Yeah. I think it was 2020. No, it was the end of 2019. Really? Yeah. 2020 was just like a blip. And now here we are. Crazy. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. But when I read it, I loved it so much and it was all, it was so thought provoking and I well, it was also I was like so into the story and it was like definitely a page turner for me where I just sped through it really quickly. Yeah. But it was also so thought provoking mm-hmm. that I felt like I didn't give enough attention to 
everything I needed to think about because I was just racing through it. And so I, as soon as I finished it, I read it again. again. Yeah. Which I've never done that with a book before. So crazy. I, I, I mean, growing up, I would always hear people that were like, oh, I've read that book like five times. Like, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> but I get it now. I'm a different person than I was back then. But yeah, there's there's so much depth to it in the, the character arc arcs. So, um, you know, they each each person goes through a radical change and it's something to look into in each each instance you know so i get the reread because mm-hmm. you can reread it through the you know each perspective each kid's perspective mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think one of the reasons that i was really drawn to it is because i resonated a lot with um some different things of two of the main characters in mm-hmm. this book, um, both Meg and Calvin, um, had different things that they said or different experiences that like really resonated with me. And actually I was telling, um, a friend of ours about, um, I was talking to her about Calvin and she was like, Oh, he's, don't you think he's a four? And, um, I just thought that was On interesting. That yeah, Enneagram for. Um, I have never read a book that way where I have like tried to pinpoint the personality of the character. Mm, but she, mm-hmm. like, she does that all the time. She loves to do that. Apparently, interesting. Yeah. So I think she might be right. Yeah. I'm a four, and definitely saw some foreness in Calvin. So what about Calvin uh, draws out foreness for you or for her, I guess? Well, you said you agree with it. So it's on you now. (laughs) She's not here to talk to me. Well, I think, um, just his like, um, sensitivity and like empathy mm. mm-hmm. um he's very caring mm-hmm. only force can be caring <laughs> got it cool well the um okay so the first thing that like caught my attention about him was he um he was like feeling like he didn't fit in, Mm -hmm. which I think is a four thing. Yes. One second. Okay. We're about to die on the batteries. They ran out really quickly. (laughs) So the, you, the listener won't know this. You won't notice that I'm gone, but I'm going to be gone for a little bit. This episode is brought to you by the film photography workshop at thefilmphotographyworkshop.com. You'll learn how to shoot film, understand what gear is best for beginners, how different film stocks affect your images. You'll get consistent results and start making more meaningful work. Filmphotographyworkshop.com. Okay, okay. so... So, Calvin he's caring. was in part... Uh, in a really big family. Yeah. Um, that where he didn't fit in Mm -hmm. he was it was you know so big and he was just kind of overlooked and he um the first time that he went to meg's house um well he met he kind of mysteriously met meg and her little brother charles wallace Mm -hmm. and like there was immediately this like kind of a connection where like they didn't really know what's happening, but they knew they were supposed to meet and they were knew that they were like kindred spirits. Yeah. I think they caught each other's vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they went back to their house and Calvin said, um, 
you know, like I've never been to your house before, but I have the funniest feeling that I'm going home. Mm. And, um, that, um, I just loved that. And it made me think about, um, the song feels like home, which we talked about the last episode, previous episode. Um, feels yeah, like of just to a me. person yeah um it just resonated with me a lot because i think that um feeling I, we as people you know one of our big longings and big needs is c- community mm-hmm. and um whenever you don't have that community um and you don't have anywhere to belong to right um it's s- like such an amazing feeling when you do find yeah. those people and it's like, Oh my gosh, this is home. Mm-hmm. And I definitely felt like that. Um, or, you know, feel like that with you mm-hmm. and our relationship. Um, I also, I also agree with that. <laughs> um, yeah, there's this, there's this longing. And then whenever you, when you have it, you never want to be anywhere ever again, you know? Yeah. It's like, I think, you know, I'd always heard the term like, oh, it feels like home. But then, I I mean, I I moved so much. And sure, you know, we had family. It's not like my family was like split up or anything. But just the fact that we moved a bunch and there was always volatility. I think the idea of having something that was a constant was really hard for me to understand and that's what people mean by it is like home should be a constant Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be like a variable Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and so um I never really understood whenever people talked about that but then whenever we met it felt like home and then and then also I, I think oddly enough I think music always felt like home to me like but I didn't have the words to put it into that so I think music was the the place that I would escape to Mm -hmm. because I knew that this wasn't going to change, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, not, not Charles Wireless, Calvin. Yeah. And then after he got to their house, Meg started complaining about her experience of not fitting in at school and always getting in trouble, um, always getting sent to the principal office and just, there was kind of like this grass is greener situation of like, Mm -hmm. you know, she's like, well, Calvin, you're like this popular, cool basketball player. So cool. You're good at everything. You know, you're good at sports. You're good at does the academic book, stuff. Does the book say how tall he is? I can't remember. I bet he's real but tall. But I think he's supposed to be tall. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Um, but there's there's jealousy there. There's like, you know. Yeah, she's like, you have it good. And then he's like you have no idea how lucky you are to have this like family that loves you where your dad disappeared. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Yeah. But even despite that, like walking in to their home, he could, he was a part of the, um, of the community, the close knittedness, the community, the love in that home. Mm -hmm. And Meg actually, like in front of Calvin looked at her mom and she was like, what do you make of Calvin? And her mom said, um, I don't want to make anything of him. I like mm. him just fine. Mm, that's good. And yeah, just, I loved that. Just acceptance. Oh, the number of people that have wanted to make things out of me. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. I hate that phrase. And like, uh, that that sentiment and I love that I love that line a lot yeah. that's a good line yeah and it just um, you know so he definitely came into that home and felt that sense of belonging yeah and I think I don't think that um, Mrs. Murray was like um, I don't know it just made me think of um, this idea that I try to think about towards our children of belonging 
and also becoming. Mm. So like you are accepted for everything you are, for your flaws, but you're also moving forward and trying to become the best person that you can be at the same time. Right. Yeah. But to and to have one of those without the other. Yeah. Is not good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I view it as, um, like record producers that a lot of people don't understand the role of a record producer. So Rick Rubin is like one of the best record producers ever. Um, he's, he's done a million different acts. So like Kanye West or like Jay-Z albums or, you know, uh, run DMC and then he'll do like Justin Timberlake. And then he did system of a down and you know, all these crazy people. He did some work with Mac Miller. Um, but so what he does is exactly that. It's acknowledging the person, understanding where they're at, where, where, when they come to him, he sits down with them and goes, tell me everything. And then they explain like where they've come from, where they're going, the projects they've done, like their, their, you know, inward workings, inner workings, you know, and then he meets them and then helps them become in the studio the best version of them that they are right then. And that's what a great producer does. And that's what a good parent should do. Right. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one was also pulled out of my head. <laughs> You've got a lot of things in that head of yours. <laughs> Most of it's garbage. Um, I loved the Mrs. W's in the book. Yeah. They were really funny. And mm-hmm. also one of them, Mrs. Who, only speaks in quotes. Yes. And she kind of reminded me of my grandma. Mm. Didn't oh, only yeah. speak in quotes, but did like, Largely. you know, throw in clo- quotes like mm-hmm. every other sentence. Or just like references <laughs> to movies that you've never seen. And you're just like, Mar- Mary, Melly. I've never seen that. Oh, yeah. That was her name. Melly. Um, there's a lot of emotions in this book. Yeah. And, um, I think, um, okay. So like one of the big things was when, um, they are shown, um, they're kind of leaving the normal world and into entering into this fantastical got it um part of the book Mm -hmm. they're grabbing flowers to breathe well right before that okay um they're shown the dark thing oh right right and like it they no no it the it comes later okay the dark thing yeah okay (laughs) Um, That's such a brilliant writer and she can't figure out better names for stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I mean, some things, some things don't need really crazy well. names. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so they're shown the dark thing yeah. and they all like immediately like know how evil it is mm-hmm. and like feel its darkness. And Charles Wallace um, like cries out i hate it i hate it and there's just this big emotional um response to being shown this evil mm-hmm. um and i think um i think that that reaction to darkness is <laughs> Um, so good because when you, when that emotional response happens, that facilitates, um, something to change. Mm. Uh Um, and it also made me think about, um, Jesus when, when his friend Lazarus died, Mm -hmm. um, he's like, Hey, 
I know the future, but I'm still going to cry, I guess. He ended up raising Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. He knew that was going to happen. He knew he was going to be able to do that, but he still cried at Lazarus' death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I think another thing that just, I think it was just kind of validating those emotions to mm. me because I feel a lot of emotions, mm-hmm. but I definitely, and I'm getting more comfortable in them. I mean, I think I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I. More comfortable in emotions? Well, <laughs> because what I'm like trying to say is that growing up, emotions were like bad. Mm-hmm. Like we don't cry. Um, we don't get angry, you know? Yeah. That's how it was in your family? Yeah. Weird. Man, we cried all the time. (laughs) Well, not we. (laughs) But (laughs) people cried all the time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like you're very um, well connected to your emotions at this point in your life. Well, I mean, they've always been there, but it's just like right. whether or not I'm like That's why I said fighting connected. them or yeah, at peace with them. Yeah. 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 Validating. That's good. Um, well, and also on the emotion side, like Meg is just a firecracker of emotions mm-hmm. that really... It, it's it's like a poorly Chinese made firecracker where it's just like you don't know whenever it's going to blow up or what it's going to look like. It's like there's no label on it. You just light it and they're like, well, we might die. You know, that's what she's like. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, she's pretty she's pretty emotional. Um, and I like it. <laughs> I think her I think all of her emotions in this book are like really important. Yeah. So. What came right after that was the um, flower thing. Did yeah. you want to talk about that? That is like one of my favorite things in this book. Oh, okay. I, I mean, it's been a minute since I've read it. Um, I remember ooh, that they... Ooh, thunderstorm. Okay, so they um, are about to like... I can't remember exactly that they're going to like go through the dark thing or go towards it. They were around it. Go close to it or something something like like that. that. Someone couldn't breathe. They passed out. Well, the Mrs. W's hand them these um, flowers. Oh, right. Yeah. And um, they have to hold them like up to their faces like oxygen masks. Yeah. um, In order to breathe. Yeah. Um, as they're going through the atmosphere, wherever mm-hmm. they're going. Sure. And, um, it was just kind of this beautiful picture of, um, putting up this flower, this beautiful fragrant flower up to your face and beholding it, um, in order to be able to breathe like that. We need, beauty in order to get through the darkness Mm. and meg like during this ride she her flower started to um lower from her face fall from her face and that and she like immediately like couldn't breathe oh Hmm. and when she raised it back up to her face you know it's like it's like an oxygen mask um but just kind of this picture of um like how we need beauty in our lives in order to be able to breathe and to um, withstand the darkness. For real. Yeah, I had someone ask me today if um, art requires pain for it to, like, does good art require pain? Hmm. And... um, it's an interesting question, but I do, I feel like it is a, um, 
like that's a whole episode in itself. But yeah. my short answer to them were was um, that you know that's kind of a lie that a lot of artists tell themselves is that I must I must feel some sort of discomfort um, because that's that's how good art is made and certainly some there's some brilliant art that has been made out of pain um or in the midst of suffering right but um you can't get lost in that loop of like i have to make my life miserable so that i can write about a miserable life you know um and it's it's the idea of like the tortured artist right but that's there's there's so much beauty out there and certainly life is full of of pain and and joy but um i i think i don't know this is a long answer to that short answer but a <laughs> uh, short question but uh, i guess i guess my point was that even when something is bad Sometimes that can be the best thing for us. And sometimes when you have too much of something good, then there comes complacency and laziness. And, the, and there, can be, there can be a cycle there where you're like swinging from one pendulum to the other. But um, if we truly find that balance and find that, the nuance of acknowledging that things are not great, but you can still embrace them and enjoy your time here. Um, instead of just wallowing in this pain and suffering that you're in, I think your art is going to improve because yeah, because you're focusing on beauty. You're focusing on, um, you know, and, and beauty doesn't have to, we've talked about this before, I'm sure beauty doesn't have to be something um, pretty, pretty. Yeah. Right. Like you can find the beauty in pain. You definitely can. People mm -hmm. have, mm -hmm. and they've written about it. Elliot Smith's one of my favorites. Yeah. He wrote a lot about pain, but yes. I wonder where that idea of the angsty artist comes from. I don't know. I Van Gogh. Like, I mean, is he, he the definition of art for like everything? I know, but he's I mean, the person that he's also like the starving artist. Uh, but he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't, though. Starving? No. Yeah. He, he was. His brother starving. fronted him tons of money. He supported his brother. He was supported by his brother. Yeah, but he must have run out of money at some points. Because he like ate paint. No, he, I think he was a crazy person. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I think it's misunderstood. He wasn't hungry. He just thought that yellow looked great. I don't know. So he wanted to eat it all. But anyway, yeah, I think that's uh, it's it is weird. Interesting. You bring that up because I feel like I'm. I definitely, when I was a lot younger, that idea of the artist was much. Um, more at the forefront of my mind, but now mm. I've been, I'm like removed from that idea a, yeah. a lot. So I don't really, I can't really think of in my experience where that or when that would have entered my mind. Yeah. To me, it's, I, I don't know. I, I guess for me, I see it a lot more in music, but mm. then, yeah. then in, you know, like visual art. But even still, there's some visual art that's like real dark, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I, I I I also think I think there's like something deep down that people feel like they don't deserve it, like people that get success or something like that. Like they maybe they feel like they don't deserve it or that. Um, that you know that they have to like numb the 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 bad parts about them and so that's where like lots of like harder drug use comes in i was just thinking about like i mean heroin's like a big one mm -hmm. that people like using 
Um, they love it <laughs> to death. They love it to death. But uh, it's not good for you, kids. Yeah, I don't know. But you, what you were talking about <laughs> earlier was you were kind of talking about perspective. I don't know either. With, um, <laughs> Never done heroin. The what you're saying about pain and suffering. Yeah. And it is a lot about perspective, sure. like how you look at something. Yes. Um, and in this book, one of the kind of big parts for me was when, um, um, towards the end of the book, Meg had to go, um, back to this place, Kamazots, yeah. um, to rescue, her brother mm-hmm. and um, it was going to be dangerous and wait, 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 I'm getting confused. Okay. Yeah, no, She's it was coming then. from the ant it was farm. Then. She had to go back and um, so the Mrs. W's were giving her a gift oh, to right. like help yes. her on her yes. journey. And this is dangerous journey, which she was going to be on alone. Am I right? This is at the ant farm. The ant farm. Aunt oh B. yeah, what? Aunt, what is it? Aunt B, what is what is the aunt's name? Aunt B the, is the, from the, uh, <laughs> Andy Griffith. Andy I know, Griffith. but um, no, the uh, is it, there's there's something oh. that takes care of her, isn't it? Like an ant? Yes. Ant. Ant beast. Beast. See, not very <laughs> far off. Yeah, that's true. Um, All I needed is. St- so she said, Meg, I give you your faults. But you didn't ask, answer my question. Is it after that? I'm yeah, trying to track with like, the, where you're going in the story. Yeah. It's when they're on that planet. Okay. Kind of after their time there. Gotcha. And she realizes and she has to go back to campus. She's going back. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So the gift she gives Meg is uh-huh. her faults. Yes. And Meg is like, What? I already have my faults. I hate my faults. I want to get rid of them. Yeah. Why would you do that? That's idiotic. Yeah, I hate you. (laughs) And then she goes and... Which was actually a fault. She's... um, Already using it. Kind of entering into this like war zone. Like, you know, she's like fighting. She's trying to figure out how to resist the it. And... She totally uses her faults. And it's amazing. It's like, it's just a perspective shift. Spoiler alert. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not being specific. Um, she only has like a couple faults. So <laughs> if, if, if you pay <laughs> attention in perfect. the front of the book, you kind of realize, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is how she's going to. Um, yeah, just something that was viewed that she viewed in herself very negatively as like, I wish that I wasn't like this. Mm-hmm. Those right. were the very skills that she needed. Exactly. Later on. Yeah. And it immediately made me think of one of our children. Okay. <laughs> who is very, very, very loud. Yeah. And it really hurts my ears a All lot. The time. But I just think that one day he's going to be a great orator or singer and he's going to speak about the good and the true and the beautiful. Yep. But right now it just really hurts my ears. Right now there's nothing beautiful about it. (laughs) It is true that it's loud. It's not good either. But he'll get there. He's got pitch. Yeah. He's got pitch. He'll get there. Definitely. He's got the pipes. He's got the pitch. You just I mean, I would say there is, I would say there is beauty to it. It just, it's painful beauty. Not for my ears. (laughs) Um, yeah, but, but, well, and I love, I love that little sentiment there because I feel like so many people, I mean, me included, there was a time whenever I, I felt like I had to reinvent myself. You know, like I, th- there were so many faults of mine, faults, failures, 
Faults. Faults. And failures. Um, but I, I just wanted to change it all. But it's, it's, it, it is a matter of perspective, right? Like if you can find where those are going to be useful, like, um, growing up, I didn't get along with my dad because we're both, um, I have opinions about things. Neither of you like to, well, concede. Yeah. Neither of us will Stubborn. concede ever. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, 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 I have a little bit more, um, graciousness now. Graciosity mm-hmm. as they say, but, um, now, yeah, but back then, no. And, and you know what that led to me being not a great employee, mm. but a really good like person to work for myself. Yeah. Uh, or to run teams. Yeah. And so like those faults are actually, what is that thing? Your greatest weakness is your be- biggest asset or something like that. It's like a business saying it's really stupid, but, um, hmm. but it's true. Hmm. Like your faults, if you understand them, that's, that's where it is. It's like, yeah, back then I didn't understand them or how to wield them well. Yeah. And now I know when to like concede. Yeah. Cause it's like, I'm not going to die on this molehill. It's like, I'm good. Yeah. You can, um, you can take your two cents like, um, in this scenario, just so you know, in my head, I was, I was arguing with a cashier that he didn't give me enough change. You would never do that. I would never do that, but I'm just (laughs) saying not like you at all. This is why I said two cents was like, I was saying, Hey, you owe me two cents. You didn't give me the two cents back. I don't know why my brain went there immediately, but that cashier is two cents richer. It's actually like the grocery store, but like, look, this is all in my head, guys. We're fine. Everything's good. But that's a place that I would concede. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even bring it up because I think you have a, um, uh, I don't know. You also have this like people pleasing thing. Yeah. For certain people, like for strangers. (laughs) isn't that the best the people that don't matter really it's like "Ah, i just want them to think i'm so cool (laughs) um yeah i you know i i like people i want them to like me well i think it's a generosity thing i I think it's less of like like a approval or like need to please people but i think it's a generosity thing and like wanting to be gracious towards people and want don't want to inconvenience them want them to have a good yes, time that's what it is yeah. i don't care that much like you know 15 cents or what you know whatever it is it's like it's not worth it to me to be like hey man can we just like it's like that interaction for me like i will gladly pay dollars so they don't have to have that conversation yeah just because i don't have a like I have a very low view of money and I think that's like, you know, whatever. So like the things that I don't really value, that's kind of how I, I value interactions with humans and, and they're having a good time. And I realize that like, and it's always in positions we've had these conversations around, like you should just go ask them. And then I'm like, no, they work like there is, they work in a service industry like it's not good pay. I'm not going to bother them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to let them do their thing. I'm not I'm just here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be one of the best customers that they could ever have. That's all I want. Um but my, you know, some other people that we know that are maybe in my family, they would love <laughs> <laughs> What would they love? Well, there's there's been conversations with service industry people, oh. and it's like, well, you know, they they're just 
doing their thing, man. Just leave them alone. Like I think got, that's, they got a talking th- to. Yeah, I think that's where I I generated my my opinions on that from was like, mm. oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, like I don't I don't like that. But to each their own. That's yeah. what I say. So uh, there are people that need to have a talking to <laughs> in the service industry, and I'm not going to be one to do it. So I'm thankful for the people that do do it. Okay. Glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. Okay. Well, there was one more like big thing in this book that was like kind of life changing for me. Um, which was Camazots and the it. Okay. And okay. So they go to this. Camazots sounds so familiar. Is it? Is it because it sounds like Camelot? Probably. Hmm. Okay. Or it's probably from this book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, everything is the same on this planet. Um, everybody, all the houses look the same. Everybody dresses the same. The kids bounce their ball to the same beat. It's very eerie. Nobody has a name. Um, and then... Do the streets have names? It's a YouTube reference. Continue. <laughs> and then when they meet the it, there is this um, rhythm. Uh, he's like... It's like a kind of like a heart-beating rhythm. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to fall into this rhythm and just to um to conform to concede Mm -hmm. to fall into it um and they have to they start like um they start like actively fighting against the rhythm they start like shouting out things they've memorized math facts the gettysburg address um do they recite some poetry? I can't remember exactly everything they say, but they're just, um, just, you know, reciting things that they have memorized, locked away in their brain in order to like throw off the rhythm Mm -hmm. and not fall into this beat. Yeah. Um, and so it's just this big theme of conformity and, um, during the same time that I was reading that, I read um, something in the Bible, oh. <laughs> which I can't remember where it was. Nice. Maybe like, I can't remember where it was. Guys, just look it up. <laughs> you know, you can just like thumb through it. I'm sure you'll find it. It's not that big of a book. Um, It said, um, oh, let's see if I can remember it. You know, uh, while you're thinking of that, um, if I had to battle the beat, mm-hmm. I think I would have to sing. Oh, I don't even know what is what is it? Last Christmas. That's what I would sing. I is the first song that came to my mind for some reason. Once bitten and twice shy. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just have to. You still Unless, but what if it started like using that rhythm? I don't know. I would change. uh, Okay. Then I would think of a different song, but I'm, I'm just saying I don't have the rhythm of it. I was just, that's what I would go with. Okay. Um, That would be your plan A. That's plan A. Plan B would probably be staying alive, which is very similar to the same beat. Uh, just because I know that from CPR. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it just said Bible. Um pay attention lest you drift away. Yes. Yep, that's what it said. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, just that's in the, James. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you just have four. to um, show off. No, it's in James 4. I'm almost positive. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it 
it was like this, yeah, just big aha moment of like, if you're not actively fighting, if you're not paying attention, what is automatically going to happen is that you are going to drift away. You're mm-hmm. going to fall into the rhythm mm-hmm. and to conform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hmm. It, okay. So I, I said mine. Huh? I said mine that I would sing. Oh. What would be yours? Your song? Oh. Well. It's been a year. It doesn't <laughs> mind me. Face of a lover with a fire in his heart. Turn me apart. Ooh. No, nothing. I don't know. I, I'm vamping over here for you. <laughs> I'm just trying to think about what I've been. Uh, Is me what I've memorized me recently? Me singing a song probably distracting you. Kind of. You're kind of distracting. Okay. It's mostly your mustache. I know. Turns me on. Nice. <laughs> Guys, we're almost over with this podcast. <laughs> um, no, you don't have to have one. I just thought it might be fun. But since you don't have anything in there, you want me to write something on a piece of paper and then you act <laughs> like you thought it up? Well, I would probably say the thing that I would probably use, recite the thing that comes to my mind first, which is what I've been memorizing the most recently with my kids. Yeah. Which is John 1, 1 through 7. Yeah. In the beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. On and on. On and on. Easy. Easy peasy. Just on and on. Yeah. I mean, my three, our three-year-old can do it. Yeah. You're a (laughs) three-year-old. I corrected myself. Yeah. (laughs) It belongs to both of us. Nice. Yeah. Um, That's probably better than... Wham. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> you get a gold star. Um, interesting. Okay, so now, I, you know, you mentioned all these things. Are you, are you done with your prepared notes? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm I'm interested in what, you know, you mentioned all these things that like stood out to you. Mm-hmm. but how how did it change you did it change your perspective like so for mine right i think um randy newman it just it 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 flipped my perspective on the world like i, I just saw things differently um did did that shape your worldview? Did it, you know, what 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 about it changed you? I think. I mean, we talked already about a lot of the kind of big things that were kind of these aha moments for me. But yeah, like in general, I think that it. Um, made me enter into this imaginative world. I think it just made me use my imagination um, in a different way hmm. than I have in a while. Cool. Nice. Like imagination while you're reading it? Or like post post book imagination, post um, post read imagination. Well, maybe both, but I mean, definitely while I'm reading it, while I was reading it, um, and I think, I think that children are really um, open to a lot of different perspectives. Yeah. 
Um, and I think they're open to believing in like magical, fantastical things. They're open to the, you know, the battle between good and evil, which is a real thing, but it's easy to forget that we're a part of that battle every day in our everyday ordinary lives. Um, when we're just trying to be patient, not trying not to lose our patience with our children mm-hmm. is hard. It's easy to forget about that bigger picture. Right. And so I think that this book just opened up that, real world to me it is real but my imagination was exercised in order to be closer to that world does Mm -hmm. that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah okay cool yeah and it it um i'm sure it stays in the like more closer to the forefront of your mind now yeah like i mean the things that you meditate on they're easily recalled the -hmm. things that whatever you habituate those are the things that will pop up in your brain a bunch Mm -hmm. yeah so that's good that's awesome i mean i think you know for me luther and i um we read this book Uh, it was like an audiobook version he was on a road trip with me down in South Texas and um we listened to the whole book uh in like one sitting in the car cuz we had a really long drive that day. Dang. That's crazy. That's a really long drive. Not really. How long was It's like was 6 the book? hours. Okay. But um yeah. So we just like consumed it really quickly and then we were able to dialogue about it. But I was, I was not expecting it to be good, like that good, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, cause I'd heard about it and, uh, I knew that Disney did like a, a movie that they, they did the movie and yeah. that was the cover of it. And I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be garbage. I hate Disney. <laughs> and, um, um, but it wasn't, turns out it was great. Turns out it's really, really good. Soup. But, yeah. And I, I kept work. on being like, Hey, you have these other audiobooks, but like, do you want to, and the, his other audiobooks weren't bad. There was like Terry Pratchett was in there too, but it was like, man, maybe we should turn on that book again so we can listen to it. Cause I liked it, <laughs> but he was interested in dragons at crumbling cap castle by Terry Pratchett. Uh. That was his favorite at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was I was intrigued by how deep you got into it I mean because there's stuff that I get into very deep um, this wasn't necessarily one of them but I feel like I've gotten deep by osmosis because yeah. I mean you talked to me about it so yeah um, yeah I'm thankful for that I think the um, the uh, I aspire to be able to write or, you know, do some sort of art that is that thoughtful, mm-hmm. you know? Me too, man. Well, one of the things that um, Madeline Lingle said, not in that book, but um, in another book, which kind of goes back to your question earlier of like, does good art have to be painful? Um, She says that it's easy to, um, like, it's easy to, okay, I'm trying to, I'm recalling my thoughts right now. Yeah. Um, We live in this world, it's full of chaos. Yeah. And so she said that it's easy to, just repeat the chaos. Mm, yeah. But good art is finding cosmos within the chaos. There you go. I like it. And I definitely think she does that in this book. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, anybody can be a mirror. Yeah. Right? Like, 
We're not just reflecting. There's a show that you would hate that I've watched, but uh, not that you would hate that I have watched it, but you would hate to watch it. Uh-huh. Um, I gotcha. Yeah. Just, I'm clarifying. Um, it's called Black Mirror. And that's basically the premise of the whole show is it's holding up a black mirror, like a dark mirror to... It's holding up a mirror to the darkest parts of our society, mm. like in the world. So like, and it's a little bit of like a slippery slope situation. So it's like, there's this thing that's in pop culture right now. But if we follow that slippery slope down, like that's what this episode's about. Like, you know, if AI, you know, went this way or mm. if we ranked everybody based on our interactions with them. And then you just had a rank floating above your head. And so you really tried hard to interact with people. So your rank would go up, but then because you have a low number, it just keeps on going down because they assume that you're going to be terrible. It's just like, you know, it's a wild show, but, but there's nothing, there's almost nothing redeeming about it. Mm. There's no, there's no cosmos. There's no no cosmos in the chaos. It's just chaos. Chaos. I love it. I, I think it's really well done. Um, but it would be better. But, but uh, it, the, the problem is, is that to bring in the cosmos to the chaos, it's very hard to do without being very campy, very like kitschy and just like, you know, corny. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, tie everything up with a pretty little bow. I don't think that's you know what, what I mean? that that statement means. No, I'm not saying that that's what I that statement more means. means. I'm just saying that that's what a lot of people interpret that to mean, and so they steer away from it. Like a lot of like, you know what I mean? They're trying to have happy endings. I think of any any yeah, Christian movie that, that you've ever watched that you have that there has to be a happy ending, right? I completely agree with you. Yes. It's more of speaking to, um, I think like hope and truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, I love star Wars. Happy endings. It's fine. But there's, there's like a terrible happy ending and a, you know, good happy ending. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've exhausted this. All right. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you setting up these microphones. Oh, you know, don't all that it. prep work you did. Don't mention it. You know, I know a thing or two. I know a thing or two around some microphones. Um, if people want to f- catch you somewhere, where do they catch you? Oh, well. Online and your I website? I am at mollymansfield.com. And on Instagram at Molly Mansfield Artist. How about you? I'm at Sasquatch Mansfield. And, um, you know, you can find my stuff at sasquatchstudio.us. That's my business. And then my artist website is sasquatchmansfield.com, which some real jerks over, over there. This was, you know, about a year ago little story about this look i can't keep up whenever my domain name you know is up for renewal not all the time and it lapsed by like a day i was like oh i should probably check on that it was probably like two weeks but for the story it's a day and then i went to go check it someone snatched it up who in the world needs sasquatchmansfield.com but then you bought it back? Yeah, I bought it back for like three times the price. Nice. So if you're looking for like a little side hustle, buying up domains <laughs> that have recently expired, <laughs> apparently a pretty good one. Um, but yeah. Oh, and then also I have a workshop, a film photography workshop going on right now actually forever it's um at your own pace videos i spent four days shooting it it's probably around like five hours worth of content for you and it's on uh 
how to shoot on film. And that can be found on the filmphotographyworkshop.com. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know if I believe in SEO, but it's a pretty good domain to have if you have a film photography workshop. Sounds like it. Yeah. It was right. cheaper than Sasquatch Mansfield, just <laughs> so you know, on the domain front. It was it was cheaper to buy. Ridiculous. Anyway, we um, are fond of anyone that listens to this, even um, even if you hate listen to it. You know what I mean? Like if if Ew. oh, you don't like that idea. I love the idea. That sounds awful. I love. That the, sounds like a waste of time. Yeah. But I'm appreciative of them. I love. I don't the, care if people hate it, but to hate, listen to it. Oh, what are they doing with their lives? Hating us. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to hate us. Bye.